Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Welcome to our first Sunday service of 2021. It's great to have you here with us today. I hope everyone's had a fantastic Christmas. Yeah, that everyone's had a great uh, New Year's as well, that you ate way too much at Christmas and now you've got a bunch of resolutions to try and combat the effects of eating way too much at Christmas. But, you know, what I love about the New Year is that it, and Justin alluded to it a little bit before, but the New Year kind of generally tends to signify a moment of change, right, or a new beginning, something like that. You know, in school, you know, you've got a new teacher, you've got new classes, you've got a new schedule, you've got a bunch of new stuff, and as we grow older, that doesn't necessarily happen at the end of a new year, or the beginning of a new year, but, you know, we start to have new beginnings. You know, I'm going to start exercising when January 1st hits, not on Boxing Day. You know, I'm going to start the gardening in the new year. I'm going to do a whole bunch of new stuff in the new year, and, you know, this year might be a little bit different. I reckon there's a bunch of people walking into this year being like, I wish and I hope that there's not going to be as much change. But I hope that the new year signifies a little bit more stability, a little bit more just I know what's going to happen, a little bit more comfort in that. But, you know, that being said, I actually I really enjoy the new beginnings of a new year. I really like the opportunity to start, and you can erase all the resolutions that you had last year, and you get to pick a whole bunch of new year's resolutions, right? There's a heap of generic ones. I'm sure some of you have picked some of them for this year. You know, I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to get myself organized. I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to do the gardening. I'm going to pick up a new sport or a new hobby. I'm going to save money. I'm going to spend less money. Uh, I'm going to spend more time with my friends and my family. I'm going to read more. You know, there's a heap of generic resolutions that we can pick each year. And this morning, uh, Justin did say it's a free hit. It's not actually a free hit Sunday. We are in a series, and the series is called Our Summer Favorite series. But to his credit, just as New Year's resolutions are generic, this series is super generic. Okay, so it's called our summer favorites because essentially each of our preachers are going to pick their favorite sermon that they've preached before. They're going to pick their favorite Bible verse and they're just going to preach on that. Okay, does that make sense? Everyone's with me? Cool. So that's our summer favorite series. Beautiful graphic. It's all summary and stuff like that. But I don't have a huge back catalog of sermons, right? I preached three sermons and all of them have been on worship, essentially. And so I'm not going to preach on worship again today. And I actually found it really hard to try and pick one Bible verse. You know, like kids, I'm sure you're not meant to have favorite Bible verses. So I had a lot of trouble picking that. So they've actually come to us today with three Bible verses that I want to unpack. I know I go above and beyond what I need to do. But you know what I've done this morning is I've kind of taken some of my New Year's resolutions, uh, two of them to, in, in particular. I'm going to morph them together and we're going to preach on that, okay? My first, my first resolution this year was to read more because I reckon last year I just did not read enough. I watched all of YouTube last year. I completed the whole database of YouTube, but I just did not read enough. And so I got a bunch of new books for Christmas this year that I'm really excited to, to get into. I got a new Bible this year for Christmas, which I'm really excited about. It's a very fancy Bible. And so I'm really excited to read that and we'll get to that in a second. But my second resolution this year, and you know, it's not generic in the, it's not a generic resolution in the scheme of things, but in the Christian world, I think it is pretty generic. And it's that I just want to continue to deepen my relationship with God this year, right? I know that can sound a little bit naff, a little bit cheesy, but I think there's something really powerful about naming that, about sticking to that, about saying that's what I want this year to be, and then going after that. And so 
This morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like for us to merge those two things together and we're going to talk about the power of God's Word and the power of spending time in God's Word. Is that cool? You know, to grow closer to God, we need to grow closer to His Word. God's Word brings comfort, it is constant, and it is a cornerstone. So this morning, as we unpack the power of God's Word, I'd love for us to unpack these three things. Right? God's Word is our comfort. God's word is something that is constant, and God's word as our cornerstone. But before we do that, why don't you bow your heads and I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are here with us today, that, that you are in our midst, that, that you, were, you were with us when we are gathered. And as we kick off this year, God, we just pray that, that this year would be a year of us seeking after you, that this year would be a year of us growing deeper in our relationship with you. And so, God, this morning, as you are ministering to us, as you're speaking to us, God, would you give us ears to hear what you were trying to say? Lord, would you be encouraging us this morning? Would you be challenging us this morning? God, would you be moving so tangibly this morning that we get to know you on a deeper level? We pray all these things, and together we said, Amen. Amen. Now, so this morning, I want to start us off with a question. Okay, it's, it's kind of a deep question to start a sermon off with, but I'm going to do it anyway. I want to know what it is that you guys turn to to find comfort. Like in your life, what is it that you turn to to find comfort? You know, when you're feeling lost or you're feeling worried, you're feeling stressed because of work, because of expectations, because of other people in your life, what is it that you turn to when you need to seek comfort? What is it that you seek out to find peace and relief? You know, for me, I think there's a couple of things in my life that I turn to. I think the first thing I turn to sometimes is the people around me. I turn to Soph, my wife. I turn to friends. I turn to family. I find comfort in that. You know, something else is, as I mentioned before, I find comfort in my television, in turning on a funny movie to try and uh, break away the worry, to try and uh, distract me from the peace, uh, distract me from the angst. You know, there's a bunch of things that we, that we can use to, to comfort ourselves, and I don't think it's limited to just those things. You know, people can turn to money, to shopping, to retail therapy, to food, to work, to sleep, to technology, to, to more dangerous substances as well. There's a bunch of things that we can turn to to find comfort in, and I don't think that necessarily all of those things are bad. I don't think all of them, some of them are bad, and I'm going to discourage you to turn to some of them for comfort, but they're not all bad. You know, there's not actually anything wrong with turning on a funny movie to, to make you feel less sad, so that you can laugh, so that you can have a moment of joy. There's nothing wrong with, with going to your friends to find comfort. There's nothing wrong with going and have a good night's sleep so that you'll feel well-rested and feel better in the morning. But I think the issue is, is that sometimes we expect these things to bring lasting comfort. But I think there's a there's a repercussion to that as well, because as we do that, we grow to want those things more and more and more. You know, I think there is something wrong if TV is the only thing you're turning to. I reckon if we constantly turn to TV to find comfort, we very quickly become numb to the rest of the world. We really quickly become lack of vegetable. I reckon if we continue to sleep too much, we can fall into the trap of becoming lethargic and, and lazy and, and apathetic and you know, I reckon if we actually turn to our friends too much, if we constantly turn to our friends and seek them for comfort, uh, for comfort for us, I think our friendships can become really one-sided really quickly, and I don't think that's a healthy thing to be doing. I don't think that's a healthy thing, so we've got to be careful. And when we keep turning to the things of this world, we will grow to want them more and more. Earthly things can only comfort us in part, but when we turn to the Word of God, we can find everlasting comfort. Now, God's Word brings comfort. I think there's something de deeply personal about the Word of God, you know, the Bible. 
You know, it is a, it's an ancient text. It's the sort of thing you'd find in an archaeological uh, dig on, on papyrus and stuff like that. You know, yeah, it is a text that was written thousands and thousands of years ago, some of it, written thousands of years ago. Um, you know, it is a text written and inspired by the Spirit of God. It's a, it's a, it's a story about an omnipresent, all-powerful, majestic God, but it's also a story about how that God came and died for you and how that God came and saved you. And so I think it's actually a deeply personal story as well. You know, they're not words from a distant God. They're words from your God, words from your Father, your Redeemer and Savior. They are personal words from God, and our God is a comforter. Now, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4 says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. You know, as we experience God through his word, we experience his comfort. In the midst of anxiety and stress, in the, in the middle of change and hard times, we can turn to his word to find comfort. I can think of so many times in my life when it's felt like too much for me, right? Like the, the worry and the stress kind of creep in, and, and I need to find comfort in something. I need to find comfort in God's word. And I reckon if I try and think back to a time in my life when I've felt that worry, that stress, that anxiety the most, and I think a bunch of the adults in the room will agree with me, it was in my teenage years. You know, I'm trying to search for what my place is in the world. I'm trying to search for what my identity is, what my trajectory in life is going to be looking like. And I'm searching, and I'm worried, and I'm stressed. Now, making decisions about what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, and teenagers, I want you to get me wrong because I loved my teenage years, right? I had so much fun. I learned so much. I grew so much. I made a heap of really awesome friends in those teenage years. But I don't think that stuff is the stuff that helped me to find my identity. I don't think that's the stuff that helped me to find comfort. I don't think it necessarily made it easy to find my own place in the world. Now, but I can distinctly remember a time... Um, in high school when all of this was, was, was culminating, when, when I didn't honestly know what I was going to do. I didn't know who I was or who I was supposed to be fitting in with. You know, I'd go to church every Sunday, and man, I loved church. I really loved church, but there was things with church that I really struggled with. Now, when I was with my family, I loved my family. I still love my family to bits, but there's things that I struggle with with my family. And at school, I loved school. I loved my friends, but there were still things that I struggled with. I didn't know how I was supposed to fit into all of these different circles that didn't correlate, right? But in this time of stress and anxiety, I had someone from church um, come up to me. Actually, one of my youth leaders came up to me, and super randomly, and, like really randomly, he just encouraged me to read my Bible more. Um, in, in particular, he encouraged me to read this verse. Now, this is a verse I think a bunch of people might know. I think it's a memory verse for a heap of people. But for me, in that moment of my life, this verse was my comfort. It was my security. God's word became personal and it spoke directly into my circumstance. Right? So the verse is uh, 1 Timothy 4.12. It's just stuck with me for years. I'm sure a bunch of us know it, but this is it. This is my favorite verse. Favorite series. This is my favorite verse. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Now, for, this, for me, this verse just spoke absolute multitudes, right? It told me that I didn't have to fit into these circles that I was trying to fit into. I didn't have to fit into the circles that weren't correlating. It actually had a really in clear instruction for me. And, and at that time, what that verse was saying to me is that I didn't need to worry about what other people were expecting of me. I didn't have to worry about who other people wanted me to be. 
I didn't have to be anyone else except who God had called me to be. I didn't have to worry if people looked down on me, you know, whether that be my peers, people from church or, or my family. I didn't have to worry about their judgment or whether I was becoming who they wanted me to be. Instead, I just had to be who God, who God had called me to live, living in faith that he was with me, that he was guiding me. And you know, only did this scripture give me comfort when I was stressed and worried, but it actually gave me a heap of security as well, right? It gave me a confidence. It gave me uh, a hope. And I reckon that security impacted all, all areas of my life as well. You know, I think I was noticeably more secure in who I was. I was noticeably more confident at school. You know, I actually had friends come up to me at school and say that they noticed that something had changed. And it didn't happen instantly. It ha- didn't happen just one day. I read the scripture and my entire life was changed. It happened gradually, but they noticed a security and a confidence in me. And they wanted it. They wanted to know how they could get that. They wanted to know why I wasn't um, trying to be anyone else to fit in. They, they admired my confidence. And I think, I think as Christians, we can sometimes feel that our faith is going to come across as weird or it's going to come across as off-putting or it's going to come across as wrong. And I just want to remind us today that it's not. There's something actually really attractive about our faith. There's that security. There's hope. There's a, there's a purpose People are searching for these things. And people are searching endlessly through what the world's got to offer, through status and, and, and power and, and work and money and relationships. And, and they'll notice if you found that purpose. They'll notice if you found that security and, and that confidence. And so I want to challenge us this morning to let 2021 to be a year that you allow your faith and that you allow that confidence and that security that you have in God to show to those around you. You know, would, you, would 2021 be a year that you stand assured in who you were called to be? The things of this world don't bring lasting comfort, but our God does, and he does it in a really personal way, through his word, written so that you can experience him in your everyday. God's word brings comfort. Yeah, God's word brings comfort, but his word is also constant. Yeah, God's word is constant. It's a timeless message that, that never changes. Now, even if our understanding of it does, the message never changes. The word is inspired by God, and therefore it is constant and unchanging, just like he is. Over generations and, and generations, this message has been passed down from word of mouth through, through written down words. You know, the story of God and, and his love for his people, his redemptive love, his never failing love, his unchanging love. The word of God is that thing that we can go to that will continue to point us to him. It will continue to point us to his righteous ways. It will continue to point us to his grace. His word is constant. You know, during the Christmas series this year, we spent a little bit of time in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is one of the the major prophets, and if you've read his story, you you kind of understand why he's a major prophet. It's a really long book in the scheme of the prophetic books, but he's got a bunch of great content in it. You know, Isaiah was a prophet, and he prophesied to the kings of um, Israel and Judah. This is after Israel had split into two different nations, and so he lived in Judah, but prophesied to both kings. And in in the Christmas season, we looked at his prophecy of a coming king that would save uh, all of God's people, and, and we spent a bit of time in that. But this morning, I want us to look at another passage in Isaiah. It's in Isaiah 40. This chapter is called "The Comfort for God's People," which I think is really fitting for our message this morning. And um, 
This isn't one of my top three verses that I want us to cover today, but it is a good one, so listen anyway. Um, But it does start off in an odd kind of way. So let's read from verse 6. It says, Shout that the people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. It's encouraging, right? It's encouraging scripture. No, but it goes on to say, I love what it goes on to say. It then says in uh, the next verse that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Right? The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. The flowers will die, the grass will go brown and die, but the word of God is the same. No, we'll wither, we'll fade, we'll fall short of what it is that we need to do and that God's word stands forever. His word is constant. It's unchanging, it's, it's unfailing. And you know, I wonder if you've ever felt lost and wandering Right, paralyzed by fear, scared of change, you know, standing on the cusp of this great decision that you've got to make, but you're not sure which way you're going to go. You're not sure what's right. You're not sure what is true. You know, the Bible is our comfort, but it's also our constant. And what is it that you, you turn to when you need to find consistency? I wonder if, like your friends, it's, uh, like your comfort, it's your friends and your family. What is it that you turn to when you need something that's not going to be a variable, something that's not going to be affected by what's going on around it? You know, what is it that you turn to to guide you in the right direction? And maybe it's the internet. Maybe it's some forum post. Maybe it's a social media post. Maybe you're into some of the self-help books. Maybe that's what you turn to to find and try and make the right decision. But I want to encourage us this morning that when you're in need of guidance, I want to encourage us to open up the book that's inspired by God, right? Inspired by the Holy Spirit. This book is constant. It's unfailing. It will always point you towards His righteousness, towards what is right. I want to encourage us to allow it to influence your life, influence your decisions, influence your trajectory even. Let it bring comfort and let it constantly point you to the ways of God. Trust in his word, that, trust that they are constant, that they will never fail you, that they will always guide you to him. You know, God's word brings comfort. God's word is constant. It's never failing. It's always going to point us to him. And for that reason, I think God's word needs to be our cornerstone as well. For those of you who I don't know, I'm a manly man, right? Like, I'm a man's man. And so when it comes to words like cornerstone, I don't have to look up what that means, right? I know what a cornerstone means. It's a building word, and I've got my man card, so it's just etched into my brain. I know exactly what the word cornerstone means. But if I was to Google it, just for instance, if I was to Google it, I'm sure it would say something like this. A cornerstone is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. The cornerstone often bears the most weight, and all other stones will be set in reference to the cornerstone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. Now, at least I assume Google would say something like that. I wouldn't know. I don't have to look it up because I'm a man. <laughs> but essentially, a cornerstone is a, is a stone that's placed in the corner of a structure, in the corner of the foundation of a structure, right? It's an important stone because from this stone, every other stone is measured. Right? Every other measurement in the building is measured off that one. Measurements, tape measure, manly man. But it's an important stone. It determines where everything in the house falls. Now, all other stones would have been measured off this cornerstone, making it the source of all following decisions. To to put it shortly, it's the most important stone in the structure. Everything's referenced off that stone, and so it's important that it's placed correctly. 
It's important that it's the right stone for the job and that it's placed correctly. You know, there used to be huge ceremonies around placing the cornerstone. It used to be like the, the thing you did. You get the head masonry um, guy, masonry fella, <laughs> out and he'd put that first stone down and, and they'd use that to dedicate the building. They'd use that to commission the building. And, you know, we don't really do that anymore. I'm sure there's still a first brick laid or something like that, but we don't have necessarily what we call a cornerstone in the same sense anymore. If a house or a building does have a cornerstone, it's more of an ornamental piece. It's more of a decorative piece, but that's not really a cornerstone. Your cornerstone is something that is at the foundation that everything else is referenced from. You know, I love how this, the psalmist speaks to the word of God. Now, psalm 33 is um, probably my favorite psalm in the entire Bible. That's why it makes the cut for my message today, Psalm 33. I love this, I love this psalm. It's a, it's a psalm of praise. It tells us why we should sing. It tells us how we should sing. It tells us what God has done. It speaks about how he spoke the earth into creation, how he flung the stars into the sky. But I think it also paints a perfect picture of what it looks like to allow God's word to be the cornerstone of our life. Um, it says in Psalm 33, verse 4, um, this is in the NLT version, for the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything that he does. For the word of the Lord holds true, we can trust everything he does. You know, when we know that the word of the Lord rings true, it makes it easier for us to trust it, right? It makes it easier for us to put it as our cornerstone. It becomes a whole lot easier for it to be the reference point. But the thing about trust is, is that it's really hard to build it without experience. It's really hard to have blind trust. It's hard to build it with not knowing what you're going to expect. And Now I wonder, even if you look in your own lives, if you think about the people that you trust the most, you know, the people that you trust with your life, with your, with your family, with your friends. Now my bet is, is that those people are actually the people who are closest to you as well. Right? It's the people that you have the most shared experiences with. It's the people that you've done the most amount of life with. You know, it's hard to trust something unwavering without knowing it well. It's hard to trust without knowing people well. Now, we trust the people who are closest to us because I think we have the most shared experiences, right? We've been through the thick and we've been through the thin. We've been able to trust them with little and, and so we can trust them with a whole lot more. But blind trust is hard. Blind trust is a much harder thing. It's harder to trust someone that you don't know. You don't know what to expect. You don't know what's going to happen because you don't have experience with them, right? You don't know what their character traits are. You don't know what their values are. You don't know what they are going to do. It's hard to trust someone that you haven't spent time with, and I think it's the same with God's Word. Right? It's hard to trust His Word if you don't spend time with it, if you don't know it on a more intimate level. You can't make His, corner, his Word your cornerstone unless you trust it, and you can't trust it unless you spend time with it. And when the time, when the time comes to, to make the big decisions, you want to know the Word of God. You want to know it in your heart. You want to be able to trust it. You know, the personal Word that He speaks through to you through the written Word. Right? It's a personal book. This Word that is constant. This Word that will bring comfort. It's what should be our cornerstone as well. God's Word brings comfort. God's Word is constant so we can trust it. So God's word should be our cornerstone, the thing that we reference everything in our lives off. 
But you know what I think the most powerful part of God's word is for us? Is that, it's that when we spend time in the written word, it actually reveals to us the living word. Right? It reveals to us Jesus Christ. The written word reveals the living word. The living word is Jesus, and I know that can sound a little bit complicated. You're like, where is he pulling that from? But I think um, if we look in the Gospel of John, it actually puts it really, really uh, simple. It says in John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. And then John goes to speak about the Word for another 14 verses. And so we'll pick it up in verse 14 where he says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. But Jesus is the living word, right? Revealed to us through the written word. He's the way, the truth, and the light. And, and when we read the written word, it reveals the living word. When we read the scriptures, it draws us closer to his teachings. It draws us closer to the life of Jesus in a personal way. The written word reveals the living word. And as we talk about the the cornerstone of our lives being the Word. I'm actually reminded of this, this sermon that Jesus, is, that Jesus teaches. Now, it's as part of his Sermon on His Mount, which is a great um, long sermon. I'm sure it's going to be longer than today's sermon. But it's a great sermon, heaps of content. But he lands his sermon with this little story. And this is my third favorite scripture of today, right? I think this is a memory verse that a bunch of us would have learnt in school. This closing section of uh, Jesus' sermon is called Building on a Solid Foundation, and we pick it up in Matthew 7, 24 to 25. I'm going to read it in the NLT. It says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torments and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. This is one of the first verses I ever memorized, um, along with you know, John 3.16, the fruits of the Spirit. And I think I memorized it because there's a song that goes with it as well. And everyone knows the song, wise man built in. <laughs> no one else joined me. <laughs> but we all know the song. Yeah, when we read this scripture, it draws us closer to Jesus. And, and it's actually what I love about it is that it's just so simple. It's such a simple message. Now, Jesus is saying, listen to me and, and do as I say, and, th- and when the hard times come, I will be your rock. I will be your foundation. I'll be your cornerstone. I will hold you firm. You can turn to me in the pain and the heartache, and I will be your cornerstone. You know, the verse goes on to say that the foolish man builds his house upon the sand, and, and when those same storms, when those same floods come, it's, it's washed away. You know, when our lives aren't rooted in the teaching of Jesus, when our lives aren't rooted in the ways of Jesus... We have nothing to guide us. We have nothing to hold us firm, nothing to strengthen us. We don't have a firm foundation. And so when the, when the same storms and the same floods come in our lives, we have nothing to hold us firm. Instead, we're left wandering. And, and like the foolish man, our lives become works of destruction. Now, just like the, the written word, Jesus is also a comforter, right? When I look through these scriptures, I can't find anything more comforting than knowing that my Saviour died for me so that I can live with him for eternity. Right? That changes my perspective on, on everything. Now, even though I walk through the hard times, they're going to be hard, they're going to be difficult, but they're only fleeting. You can find comfort in the eternal hope that Jesus brings. There's something far greater awaiting you. 
No, just like the written word, Jesus brings comfort. You can find comfort in Jesus' faithfulness. You can find comfort in his consistency as well. He's always the same. It's one with God. He's never failing. And so Jesus, just like the written word, is also our constant. And just like the wise man who built his house upon the rock, Jesus is our cornerstone. Jesus is a cornerstone. He's at work in your life through his teachings, through the written word. And, and as you spend time with him, allow the living word to be outworked through his written word. As you spend time with this book, allow it to be your comfort, allow it to be your constant, allow it to be your cornerstone. And as you read it, allow it to reveal Jesus to you as well. It's the most powerful thing about this book is that it it shows us who Jesus was. It shows us his teaching. It introduces us to Jesus in an intimate level. I think there's something really powerful about that. But hey, come on, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Now, I I think our response today is a really simple one. Yeah, I think it's a really, I think it's a, a practical response. I don't, it doesn't mean it's an easy response, okay? It's, it's not an easy response, but it's a simple, practical response that's life-changing, right? That I think is life-altering for us. So I want to say if one of your resolutions this year, like me, is to grow deeper in your relationship with God, I want to encourage you to spend time in His Word. To allow the written word to reveal the living word in your life. Allow the written word to be your comfort, your constant, and your cornerstone. And if growing deeper in your relationship with God isn't one of your resolutions this year, I wonder if maybe it should be. Maybe it should be. Maybe you've come here today and and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. That's okay. Maybe you're confused by this whole thing. I'd love to chat to you after the service. You know, I'm going to be up the front as everyone else goes the other way. You can come have a chat to me. I'd love to unpack that with you. But if you do call yourself a Christian, if you do call yourself a follower of Christ, I think one of our biggest priorities in our life should be to be growing more and more like Jesus each day, right? To be sharing the good news, to be helping those who are sick, to be helping the poor. I think one of our priorities is to be growing more and more like Jesus each day. And a great way to start that is by reading his teachings. Right? His word is constant, but I think it's always trying to teach us a new thing. It's always leading us into new spaces. And so I want to encourage you this year to be deepening your relationship with God by spending time in his word, like growing to be more and more like Jesus. Allow the written word to reveal to you the living word. I think there's some really practical ways that we can do that this year. You know, on your phone, there's a bunch of apps you can download. You can download the YouVersion Bible app. It's literally got thousands and thousands of Bible reading plans that you can do. Now, I know Thomas has just started a new Bible reading plan on that. He's going to read the entire Bible in the month of January. <laughs> I think that's a mammoth effort, but well done, Thomas. And if you want to join him in doing that, go, go talk to him as well. And I'm sure he'd love to let you know how that's going um, three days in. But on that app, there's heaps of Bible reading plans. You know, there's Bible reading plans for, for life groups, for, for men, for women, for kids, for, for young adults, for marriages, um, just on your own as well. Like there's, there's literally thousands of Bible reading plans on that. And the app's entirely free. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. And another app that I can't recommend more. This is probably one of my favorite Bible apps on my phone. It's called the Read Scripture app. It's done by the Bible Project. It's a really simple app. But if you're new to Bible reading or maybe it's something that you've struggled with, I'd encourage you to download this app today. Right, this, this app does such a fantastic way of shaping 
what our time in the written word can look like. I really love how this word, uh, this, this app, it will take you through the entire Bible in one year. You're going to read a psalm every day. You're going to read a portion of scripture every day. And it frames it all around prayer and, and spending time in his word. And my favorite bit is that some of the days have videos as well. So you can watch the videos and the videos kind of give you a little insight into the historic context of what's going on in that book. They kind of headline some of the, some of the key teachings in that book. But hey, I want to encourage us as a church to spend more time in his word this year. You know, to dedicate this year to growing deeper in your relationship with God by, by spending time in his word and allowing his written word to reveal the living word at work within you. And so if you want help downloading any of those apps, come, come see me or Justin. He loves to download apps on his phone. He'd love to help you do that as well. But I reckon this morning we're just going to land our service in worship, in praise to God, right? I don't know if there's a better way to land the first service of the year than just declaring God's goodness by thanking Him for, for what He's done, for who He is to us as well. So we're going to sing this song in just a moment. What a beautiful name. And you know, I just want to encourage us one last time this year, to this morning, to spend more time in His Word this year, to allow the written Word to reveal the living Word in you. You know, it's an absolute privilege to be able to grow deeper in a relationship with the creator of all mankind. I think that's awesome. The author, the perfecter of our salvation. And, and so is the lamb this morning. I want to encourage us to lift him up. You know, end the last service of the year by singing God's praise, by thanking him for who he is, by declaring his goodness. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.